Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. It is uh, Shira. Ryan is here, and we are having a jolly old time. Aren't we, though? We're wearing, with our masks. We're wearing our masks. We're playing it safe. Yeah, because Shira's sick. Does it? I'm feeling a bit under the weather. And I, I tested negative. So but I'm so upset yeah, about it. I'm just making sure. I'm but a- I'd rather be safe than sorry. I mean, yeah, I'm upset about it because not only because I don't want you to be sick. Thank you. I appreciate that. First, first. <laughs> but second, I got stuff to do. I got traveling to do. Me too. If you get me sick. I mean, this is the th- this thing this I'm going to be age. really upset about it. No, I'm it. not. I mean, there's no way I would have. I'm also different. traumatized. Yeah, I know. And I'm actually shot producer Shelby doesn't have on a mask. Like, what is going on? She's playing it cool. Yeah. She's a, a cool bean. Is she? All right. Are, do you, is that how you feel? I just forgot one. <laughs> I mean, if you have an extra, feel Survival. free to hand it over. I think I might have one in my car, but I might have worn it. But I do wonder, are people everywhere seeing kind of everyone put back their masks? I think you some, know? you know, in some spaces, uh, you know, there is, there's waves, I think, in, in offices or homes, depending on where you are. And so then you start wearing it again and then you take it off. I, I don't know. I think we're just in that place. But well, I'm I, happy it sounds normal. But, I mean, it, we've normalized it. I yeah. mean, you need to in a way. But it is weird to me because I've already had COVID twice, and I'm like, no, I can't get it for a third time. This is crazy. And they've shown, actually, that, and, and our program director talked about this, that if you get it more than twice, they've, they've shown there's, like, other kind of symptoms, like heart disease for young people and all this. And I'm like, okay, this isn't cool. I don't know. What are you supposed to be just, like, not, you're basically not supposed to go anywhere. Not to speak light about it, but it sounds like a Guinness World Record you're trying to hit. How many times you get COVID? I don't want to. The thing is, I feel like I'm out and about as much as everyone else. No, don't. Yes, don't, I am. Don't put that on me. I'll be in the house. But we got to get ready for the show. Mm-hmm. We all know. right. We can't. Let's, all right. Coming up on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a good, actually a good show. Bachelorettes versus queer bars. The conversation, you know, that people talk about behind the scenes. It's going public in a bigger way. Some are wanting a change. That's at 420 p.m. Pacific, 720 p.m. Eastern. Plus, what to watch out for in July when it comes to weather. It's not getting any better. That's in 30 minutes. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. In his first public statement since federal agents searched former President Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago earlier this week, Attorney General Merrick Garland today said that the Justice Department had filed in court a request that the search warrant and property receipt from the search be unsealed. Here he is. Good morning, y'all. Oh, that's Kiki. <laughs> First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. 
Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. All right, we're going to be talking more about this and what this means and just like the latest updates as this continues to unfold in 15 minutes. Uh, finally, uh, or next up here, we have two more stories on what's trending this hour. Fact checkers, U.S. cybersecurity officials and political scientists say that there is no evidence of systemic voter fraud in any U.S. state during the 2020 presidential election. The Department of Homeland Security's cybersecurity agency called the election, quote, the most secure in American history. I feel like, why did you have to add that? Because that just adds, again, fuel to the fire. Like, how do you really know it's the most secure ever? I mean, come on. But well, I, I'm I happy mean, that they've made because this. Because they have to combat what well, no, they should the just other say. side was, has been saying okay, and has continually said and continue to amplify the lie. And so, Can you really know? But anyway. But yeah. I mean, you can know by the data of this 2020 election that they have. Yeah, hopefully. They've yes. proven all the fact checkers have said consistently the same thing. Finally, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, amid the ongoing monkeypox affecting gay and bisexual men, introduced legislation in the U.S. House that is seeking to make testing for the disease free to the public. Maloney, one of seven openly gay members of Congress and chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, said in a statement that the measure called the No Cost for Monkeypox Testing Act would make testing amid the current monkeypox outbreak be accessible to all who requested it. It's really needed. I mean, it is a public health emergency. Uh, That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Okay, so there was an awkward moment with Kathy Hilton where she awkwardly mistook Lizzo for someone else on Watch What Happens Live. And we have the clip. It's time for your T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Oh, my God. Kathy Hilton was put to the test on Watch What Happens Live last night, and she did not pass with flying colors. She made a guest appearance on the late night talk show and played a game called Will Kathy Know Them? And basically, this plays along with her not knowing anyone. It's kind of an ongoing joke if you watch the Beverly Hill Housewives of her just literally being like, wait, who are you? Like, what is this? She knows those celebrities, blah, blah, blah. Well, she struck out numerous times throughout the episode. The reality star didn't know who Ryan Reynolds uh, was or Justin Timberlake. And she didn't even know singer Melissa Etheridge earlier in the Real Housewives of Beverly uh, Hills episode. So... When she was asked by a picture that was pulled up if she knew who Lizzo was, here is <laughs> what happened. It was honestly the most cringy thing I've ever in my entire life seen. Lady. Yes. I feel That's- like I do, Precious. No. That's not- <laughs> Uh, that is Lizzo. She is precious, though. Lizzo's precious. That's like what I call her. Lizzo uh, is precious. Precious to me. Yes. No, Lizzo is precious. Uh, okay. Will Kathy know this man? So, so bad. It was really, really oh bad. I mean, seeing it, I, I mean, there's literally no excuse for it. It's so, because one... She could have just been like singer, a singer. I forget her name. No, but she, she said. I know. Yeah. It's awful. It really brings out all the isms, phobias, all these things. And also, Precious is a fictional character, so who knows if she met 
the actress or... I, I think she was referencing, like, oh, the actress who played well, that, but... Precious has been used as a derogatory term oh, to it describe, has? Like, like, fat folks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, if you see a pe- fat person, you like, say, oh, they're precious. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, Is that why the movie was called that? <laughs> you haven't seen that movie? Yeah, I have. It's a long time a ago. Okay, anyway. Precious was actually the daughter's name. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so there's but two... people right, take got that it. and use that as... Got a, it. Wow, we have another Kathy so, Hilton in the no, middle. No, <laughs> that's your, I haven't seen report. that movie in a long time. That's your team report. We got more coming up next. I mean, wow, Kathy Hilton. Boo. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Awkward. Next up, we're getting into this Merrick Garland madness and what could be the ne- uh, next in Trump's series of unfortunate events after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, the U.S. Department of Justice announced that it is moving forward with unsealing the search warrant and itemized receipt of what was taken from former President Donald Trump's residence at his Mar-a-Lago club in Palm Beach, Florida, during, of course, that FBI search of the property earlier this week, or raid, as some are calling it. And uh, Attorney General Mayor Garland had his first public statement since the Monday search, and here's what he had to say. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a Back with us is political correspondent for Channel Q, Ryan Basham. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So what do you think about all of this and as it's unfolding in terms of the timing and, and the harm it's probably doing in, term, uh, in terms of politically in the narrative right now? Well, the timing piece is really interesting. You know, um, on Monday when this happened, a lot most experts, you know, former prosecutors and so on and people who cover the law in general were saying that we might not see the um, the, the affidavit that became the search warrant that became, you know, that, that yielded the um, the itemized receipt of what was taken and for months because, you know, those things are sometimes there are they usually come out in court proceedings, but often not before. So that was Monday. And then today, earlier in the day, um, uh, Mayor Garland made this announcement, which was really intended to, I think, uh, accomplish a few things which we can get into, but one of which is uh, defending um, and standing up for uh, law enforcement uh, at the FBI and then DOJ. Um, and then, um, and so it, then experts were saying, well, you know, it often takes a week or two for, um, you know, if, uh, if, if, the, if law enforcement, if the G- DOJ files to have these things unsealed, um, you know, the, the complainant, you know, the, the p- potential, um, the potential, uh, you know, uh, criminal um, has a week or two to respond. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, then that kind of unfolds. So, but then we found out that the judge in, the, um, in this case has given Trump's legal team until 3 p.m. tomorrow Eastern time to respond. So instead of a week or two for this to play out, they have to respond by tomorrow at 3 p.m. about whether or not they object to any of this being made public. And what we already know is they, they have those things. They have in hand the search warrant and the itemized receipt of what was taken because Trump's lawyer was on site when it happened and these things were handed to her. So they could have already leaked it, but they haven't. And now, basically, um, Merrick Garland has called Trump's bluff and said, fine, you know, you, you want to say that this was, you know, uncalled for. Let's unseal it. And now Trump's legal team is in the position of having to say on the record, if there's anything about this that they say was unfounded and, un- and, and wrong, mm-hmm. that they don't want the public to know about. 
so it so essentially we he's going to signal <laughs> we do have something to hide or we don't no oh. yeah and i think that's what's really interesting here because it does seem like if you know once everything is out there once we know everything this could be a really big moment for where whoever you think like you know this is something that is worth something of importance especially in this moment where you're thinking about voting and everyone kind of having elections how could this really play out especially if this news is really damning and actually worth doing it this way because a lot of people were second guessing that they were like was this the proper way of doing this or could this all just backfire well, I mean, you know, law enforcement at the federal level almost never goes and asks a judge uh, to uh, for a warrant to search um, until they have really crossed their T's and dotted their I's. You know, they, they don't go in with the bare minimum to prove um, uh, any it, to prove, a you know, a probable cause. They, they go in extra prepared. That's just a matter of course. That's what they do. So, you know, on top of that. This was, you know, the judge had to know that this was probably going to be the most consequential decision that he made in his entire career. So the, the stakes were even higher than normal to make sure that yeah. this was by the book. And so for it to have gotten this way this far means something. Also, you know, Garland was really clear that they did everything that they possibly could. You know, a search warrant is um, you do that either because, you know, in the first place, you were never going to communicate with the, the subject because you were afraid they would destroy evidence. Or in this case, what, you know, what he did was, and this is normal, they worked, the Justice Department worked with yep. um, Trump's legal team for months and still felt that based on some kind of tip, we don't know what, um, that there was still stuff that they were hiding that they shouldn't have that was uh, a threat to national security and that they couldn't rely on Trump's team to get it all back to them. Uh, Ryan, we got a wrap, but thank you so much. We really appreciate you as always for being here. Of course. Thank you. That was uh, our political correspondent, Ryan Basham. <laughs> He's always so good, right? Yes. Okay, so let's, um, we're going to switch gears here and talk about those heat, heat searches that were surges that we're all feeling, you know, and how they aren't going away. And apparently the hottest night happened last month. I mean, the Biden administration's trying, but is it too late? More coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, climate change is on everybody's mind right now as we've seen the impact intensify through this year. Now, for example, July 2020 featured one of the hottest nights in U.S. history. The Biden administration is preparing to take action, but is it too late? Joining us for this conversation is Capital Weather Gang editor at The Washington Post, Jason Seminal. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You know, around the country, I feel like heat surges are just really happening everywhere. Can you break down what we're actually experiencing right now? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a crazy month, especially when we're looking at our low temperatures, how hot it stays during the night. And that's really a problem for people who don't have access to air conditioning and for vulnerable groups like the homeless, older adults, because when it doesn't cool cool down at night, uh, the heat stress accumulates, and it means heat-related illness um, becomes more likely. And, you know, we saw these excessively warm nighttime temperatures, especially in the state of Texas, uh, in parts of the southwest, New Mexico, Colorado, as well as Tennessee. Those four states had their hottest nights on record and averaged across the entire U.S. The nighttime temperatures were also warmest on record. Okay, that's wild. Has it gotten cooler? It feels like it's gotten a bit cooler, but I don't even know. It has. Yeah, you know, it has. We, we've, the pattern has changed a little bit. We're not seeing 
that big heat dome, uh, you know, sprawled over the U.S. like we saw for much of July in the early part of August. In fact, in the mid-Atlantic and northeastern U.S., we're seeing a, a really some nice relief with some cooler Canadian air coming in this weekend. So we're getting a bit of a reprieve. It's, it's, it's good news because, uh, especially in the center part of the country, in the, in the Midwest and in the south central U.S., Texas in particular, they've really been suffering with punishing heat. And for the first time, they're seeing just a little bit of relief. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I just wonder, you know, obviously climate change is very alarming, but why is this really alarming to us right now? Yeah, well, so the problem, as I was mentioning before, with warm nighttime temperatures is, you know, you've got the vulnerable populations and um, you see an increase in heat related deaths when nighttime temperatures don't cool off. But it also has other impacts. I mean, it it increases uh, demand for cooling and it causes higher energy prices. And we saw that in Texas last month with the uh, with ERCOT, the state's grid operator, appealing to people to uh, conserve energy so that the. grid wouldn't go down like it did a couple of years ago in the winter when they had that huge issue with um, with power outages during that uh, cold snap. And um, so um, that's um, that's uh, that can be a big problem. Yeah. And so what is being done? I mean, this keeps on popping up. This is becoming more of an issue. I know we've been in denial before, but do you think finally uh, there this this moment has created is going to create some changes on the legislative you know i think yeah well i think you know there 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 are a lot of um positive things happening with um obviously climate policies uh going into effect just this week with um you know uh congress passing that legislation which is going to result in some big emissions reductions but we not only have to do it in the united states the whole world this is a global issue and so everyone has to take part in um in reducing our greenhouse gas emissions so that uh we can slow this rate of warming down. And these nights are only going to continue to get warmer as long as greenhouse gas emissions continue building in the atmosphere. So we've got to try to slow this down and we've got to work as a global community. It is fantastic that the U.S. has taken such a big monumental step this week. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this. Like, I honestly just thought it was the hottest night in July because of Beyonce releasing her album, yeah, you know? Hey. Um, but Jason Seminal, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, check out more of Jason's work um, as he is the Capital Weather Gang editor at The Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Well, next up, speaking of the environment, what food scientists are saying could help with this mess next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Can plant-based meals or meats actually save the world? Well, it seems like that might be the case. A new review from food scientists at the University of Bath. <laughs> suggests plant-based meat products are... Bath? Yeah, this is the University of Bath. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> I know. I'm like, all right. I, I wonder how, do you think people take baths? I hope so. It's uh, in the UK. Oh, anyway, well, that's questionable. They uh, they say that uh, plant-based meat products are healthier, better for the environment than animal-based meats. They said this review demonstrates overwhelming evidence that as well as being far more sustainable compared to animal products mm. in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, water use, and land use, Plant-based animal product alternatives also have a wide range of health benefits. I feel like, um, and not to name names, I just feel like there's people here in the studio trying to push a, a message, trying to push something on us all. A plant-based. Who, who can it be? Does anybody want to claim 
This? Who wants to? I can't. I'm not the one who chose wanna, it, although I'm down to talk about this? it. You're talking about how you're sick of the heat. Does anybody <laughs> want to claim this? I, I, this is purely informational. <laughs> There's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah, that's true. So I feel, because people are all like, oh, well, your plant-based foods are processed too. So the processing is causing global warming. But according to the study, it's not. So, and it's all about the, the emissions because... The problem with like feeding animal yeah. operations uh, are the the cows farting like that's isn't that funny. It's just it's that they're so farting. weird. Yeah, but like is that a bad thing? Is yeah, it farting it creates, normal? It no. creates uh, 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 what's it's it the called? methane. Yeah, the gas emissions oh, wait, and that puts a yeah, hole in the ozone. It. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this study is saying so we're trying that to, we're trying to silence cows' farts. Yes, we're silencing cows. Well, it's now. also that they're making this at scale. <laughs> yes, I know. It sounds funny when you think about it. It's because when they're doing it at scale in these like huge mass cow farms, it's not like a normal thing where it was like you know we go back to back in the day where it's like a few cows on a farm. It's like I mean you have putting the experience. These, Tell us what back in the day. You no, know, like. back in the day when I was running a farm, <laughs> it was all <laughs> But anyway, this is real. I mean, uh, if only plant-based meats tasted good. They actually, I think they're getting better. I mean, they're getting but they're better. also not that healthy. So here's Isn't the thing. it a lot of soy? Let's be clear. There's a difference between the Impossible Burger, the processed, yeah, um, I would say vegan foods, and then plant-based. Oh, so plant-based is literally like yeah, plants. grass. Yeah, it's beets, it's mushrooms, it's grains. Other things. If it's beets, that means they come out red. Yeah, so that it looks like it has like that meat look. Oh, yeah. I don't we know. need to I do. Be, we need to do would, a taste test. I would actually really be down to do a taste test. I just, of all the different because ones. I it's I'm such a texture person that if I was to switch over to make a better decision for the environment and for my belly, why not? I just want it to taste good. Yeah, and and it's getting more sophisticated. Like, Does my mayo got to be plant based? There is some actually. Mayo's the easiest thing. May, there's such good. Uh, but does mayo? it have to be? That's non-dairy. Is it like ruining no. it? No, it's is really it? good. No, there's butter and um, non-dairy have... mayo and butter is really good. May- there's a brand that I use that's really good. If you find a good cream cheese, let me know because I, I have yet to find one. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay. Anyway, awful. <laughs> uh, you didn't know you were that you were listening to the Food Network on Channel Q. It's the Vegan Food Network. Anyway, well, you get it. It's more healthy. It's better for the environment. More studies coming out about it. That's all we're saying. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast uh what's up welcome back uh this is let's go there and guess what we've got a flyaway giveaway we sure do channel q wants to fly you and a friend to orlando to see ben platt at his biggest north american tour to date Enter to win at wearechannelq.com for your chance to win round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay, and $200 gift card. And, of course, two VIP tickets to see Ben Platt in Orlando October 6th. Just head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win. All right. Coming up on the show, inflation seems to be finally slowing down. Some good news, finally. Will things get cheaper? That's in 30 minutes. Plus, more on Tommy Lee's X-rated Instagram pic. You might have caught in your feed yesterday last night i did i was one of the lucky ones oh honey uh, that's Woo. that's also in the tier for get moment. ready it let's paints get, a big picture oh let's get into some what's trending this hour though right now <laughs> authorities in ohio were locked in a standoff today with an armed man who made threats against the fbi building in cincinnati sparking a chase and shootout the incident began after the gunman attempted to breach the visitor screening facility at around 9 a.m the FBI Cincinnati office uh, confirmed this, adding the suspect fled north after an alarm and a response by special FBI special agents. Anyway, this is pretty wild. Here it is. Change between officers on scene and the suspect. Uh, at this time, no officers have been injured as a result of this. Uh, the scene is still active and there is still an active standoff situation occurring uh, at this time. So. Uh, we will be back with uh, further details uh, in a little while just to uh, keep you all updated as to what's transpiring here. All because of uh, Trump's raid, possibly, you know, and the narrative around the FBI. Moving on to Pope Francis, he's met with a fourth group of transgender people who found shelter at a Rome church. Francis previously met with some of them in April, June and August. The blessed Immaculate Virgin community on the outskirts of Rome opened its doors to transgender people during the pandemic. Francis had. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, I don't want to laugh. That's their name, the Blessed Immaculate Virgin yeah. Community. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the Blessed Immaculate Virgin. I mean, do How you? How do I sign up? Just start a Twitter name. Can we just be the Blessed Immaculate? Like, That's kind of cool, the Blessed Immaculate. I know, I don't know. That could be a good fashion line. I'm. Anyway, yeah, I guess Francis. for your church needs. 
<laughs> no, it's like the anti-church. Anyway, Francis has earned praise from some of the members of the LGBTQ community for his outreach. Uh, that was so much trending this hour. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk more about uh, gay men in India and monkeypox. So st- stay tuned for that. Let's get into some tea. What's going on? Woo! Let's talk about it. If we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it because uh, everyone is talking about Motley Crue's Tommy Lee's latest Instagram. Package. Let's just say um, <laughs> there's no need for imagination because we've seen it all. Literally, yeah. It's time for the tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Tommy Lee uh, basically shocked his Instagram followers this morning with a full frontal nude photo. It was last taken night. Taken from his bathroom. It was like early last night, like 12. Uh, like I know. Around. I was on, I guess I was on my Instagram. Okay, go. She clearly is the penis uh, investigator. She knows what time it happened and what moment it happened. I was on Um, the scene. Basically, he captioned the since-deleted selfie saying, oops. Um, In the X-rated social media upload, the drummer sat on a marble marble while wearing only a silver necklace, although the angle cut off the top of half of his face. Honey, his penis was so on full display, it really... I'm telling you, if you want a happy day... If you really want to just uplift your spirits, just Google it. Just, uh, just you know, find it on Twitter. It was so weird. Like, and I know he's sober, uh, so it wasn't like he was drunk or anything. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to know what inspired this. And it stayed up for a oh, huge no. amount of time. And it was, it was like, fully uh, shaved and all that. Okay, you don't have to. Okay, Shira. No one needs you to. I'll add something else. I know. You don't need to add anything no, no, else. No, no. So here's, here's what I want to finish. <laughs> You know, people were really shocked about the insane amount of time that it, the photo stayed on the platform because they were like, well, why did this not flag Instagram's guidelines, right? Because they were too busy looking. <laughs> <laughs> this is why They're I like, keep her mouth. Uh, slowly. <laughs> well, if you just want to, you know, have a beautiful day, just go check it out if you're interested. I checked it out and changed my whole credit score. That's your T-Report. Uh, <laughs> His wife commented saying, OMFG. Anyway. All right. Next up. Following anti-queer legislation and glad study on social media safety for queer folks, the community is looking at how to keep queer youth safe in all spaces, including digital ones. More next. It's, he's sh- Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So there was a legislation proposed that would negatively impact LGBTQ plus kids, and it's not the ones we typically discuss. Um, there's a, a bill that actually didn't end up passing, but it's bringing up a bigger conversation. California Assembly Bill 2408 being proposed that would have imposed strict standards on social media companies and how they appeal to kids. Now, some feel like it's not thinking about the nuances of social media's impact on queer youth. Here to share more is Isaiah Hernandez, an environmental educator and content creator of Queer Brown Vegan. More vegans in the house. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Love it. Well, why are bills like this so dangerous for you, although the intention seems to have been a positive one? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, bills like this actually, you know, do not provide any nuance. It almost seems as if you're ripping the Band-Aid and calling it a day, right? I think that what social media has provided in many people is a tool of community. But I think one of the things that we need to realize is that um, there is a great intersection between the current educational crisis that we're in and the amount of the political content that is being seen as controversial, whether that's seen through intersectionality, um, critical race theory, or whether that's celebrating LGBT history. And so I think that when people are telling ourselves, well, how do we hold these social media companies accountable? 
we have to ask ourselves, what resources are we putting in for community care? Because many queer youth already feel highly unsafe in school spaces and in their homes. And I so I'm so happy that you're bringing this perspective up because we actually had the person that was of uh, on this like a part of this bill, right, Shira? And yeah. this was one of my main concerns about. I think social media does get sometimes a really negative um, uh, view when it comes to it, when there are really some positivity, um, some positive angles to it, especially and how it impacts marginalized communities. So I, I wonder when we're when we're asking, well, how can we protect youth from the negativity from social media? What does that really look like? Because we want to meet in the middle, right? Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I completely agree with those that were trying to, at a certain point, trying to pass the bill. Um, I think that what needs to happen is that tech companies and educational institutions need to be practicing digital hygiene, which I love to say in how do you practice social media and having a safe relationship with children and teens using it. And I think that also kind of you know, intertwines with parents, um, sometimes being a part of those workshops and where, you know, children are actually being taught, like, you know, what videos make you feel uncomfortable? What mm-hmm. videos make you feel safe? And so I think that if there's actually a more intertwined relationship and lived experience um, for people to kind of showcase, you know, it's social media isn't all completely horrible. Of course, there's some back ends to it that need to be addressed by these tech companies. But I do think that if there's focus on educational content that is not only inspiring, fun, I think that it can also provide a more extensive educational experience for the student, because we already know right now, children are slowly behind Mm. their educational goals for the year due to the pandemic. And so I think for me, um, something that I wish I could see more is that we know that schools cannot, what you would call, enforce social media restrictions. They know that kids are going to be online regardless in the classroom or not. And so I think that it's responsibility for them now to work with these companies and say, okay, look, if this is going to exist in this material, we have to practice digital hygiene and normalize these conversations of what videos make you feel uncomfortable because this is yeah. the issue that we're currently facing. Yeah. yeah, and with that, I think having people that are behind these bills that are from different backgrounds would also help probably. Um, and I don't know who actually, if there are other people um, from different backgrounds, uh, but what can lawmakers do to approach these issues while taking the community into account? Yeah, absolutely. So I think with lawmakers, what they can do is, first of all, check in with the community and have more local dialogue. I believe that, you know, um, districts themselves and trying to get access to get public hearings is so hard, right? And I think that if we're not able to do that, why not Why not bring this type of question to the material, to the kids themselves, to have these free-flowing discussions, right? How do we, how do we talk about digital literacy and digital hygiene? Um, the other thing I would suggest that lawmakers can do is actually um, actually design the policy with grassroots organizers and LGBT organizations that are actually trying to educate people on LGBT issues and protecting the future of youth generations. I really love the term digital hygiene. I think it's uh, it's one the first time I've ever heard the term, and I think it's so important to talk about that because with hygiene, you can change it by fixing it. And I, and I, I think that is such an interesting perspective. So really, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, well, coming up next on the show... Uh, 
<laughs> oh, I, I didn't say goodbye to you. Sorry. I was about to say what's coming up next. Well, that was Isaiah Hernandez. I know, but for everyone listening, environmental educator and content creator of Queer Brown Vegan. Uh, check him out on social media and follow what they're up to. Yeah, and up next we're going to talk about inflation because since the Inflation Reduction Act, we've seen a small dip in gas prices. But will we be seeing that elsewhere? That's coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, according to new data released yesterday, it seems as though inflation is on its way down. However, higher prices for many goods and services um, could be in store basically for a while i mean it can really which kind of sucks to know that if i just go to the restaurant and go get food like everything's just going to be more expensive yeah it's awful well here to help us unpack this latest news is richard fowler forbes and fox news contributor and uh, economics expert thank you so much for being here it's good to be with both of you. How are y'all? So good. It's been a yeah. minute since we've had you on the show. And I think what's really interesting here, because we've seen the administration take aggressive steps to get inflation under control, but is it really realistic to believe that the everyday prices will also quickly go down as well? Well, there's a couple things here. Number one, there's no White House that can actually control inflation. Inflation is something that's happening here in the United States, but it's also important for your audience to remember that it's happening all around the world as well. Um, and one of the reasons why it's happening, um, which is important why, to how we get it down, is it's happening because we lived through a global pandemic. And during that global pandemic, the entire economy turned off its light switches. But we as consumers continued to buy things, right? We were on Amazon, we were on Fashion Nova, we were on H&M, and we were making all these purchases. And when these factories turned their lights back on, they had to produce all these things, and they had a backlog of products. And not to mention the fact that you had the Chinese zero-COVID policy, which caused some of the, the world's largest ports to shut down. You, had, you have a war in Ukraine and Russia, uh, and all of these things. I'm not, I'm not saying this to make the blame game. I'm saying this for folks to understand that inflation is a very complicated formula that gets us to where we are now with high prices. Totally. Just now, to blame it on Biden is it's not that simple. <laughs> No, it's, it's not that simple. It's a, very, it's a very simplistic way to look at a very complicated problem. Um, but here's, what, here's the good news. The good news is, is that the price of gas has gone down for the past 57 days. The average price of gas is now under $3 when about four or five weeks ago, the average price of gas was above $5. And the reason why this is so important is because fuel is the number one input to a lot of goods and services. Think about it. When you go to the store and you want to buy your Spindrifts or your LaCroix, your LaCroix have to get to the store. Most of the time, for your LaCroix to get to the store, they have to put in a truck. Those trucks need fuel. And so the fact yeah. that you see gas prices go down is a good indication that over the next couple of months, we will slowly start to see the price of goods begin to decrease. Now, where we're going to see prices stay the same for some time is we're going to see the price of housing remain the same. And the reason for that is because we have a supply chain problem, like I just pointed out, and that supply chain has a lagging effect on housing. Because if you have a shortage of, let's say, toilets, right? Once mm. you get the toilet, it takes time to put the toilet in. Mm. And there might be other products that you need to build a house. So it might be a six- or seven-month window from when you get the product before somebody can occupy that particular house or that particular apartment, which is why you see a spike in the cost of rent. So I think rent's going to remain high for quite some time. 
But I think over the next couple months, on, unless we see, you know, we're in hurricane season, so the potential of a hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico, which could slow down the price, which caused the price of fuel to spike again, the good news is we're probably going to see prices slowly but surely uh-huh. tick down. I mean, I think that has the good, as a good old, as my grandmother would say, time heals all wounds. And when it comes to inflation, time hopefully will begin to heal the wounds of inflation. And they're also being helped by the fact the Federal Reserve has made, and there's sort of the, the government entity that's responsible for money supply, which is inflation. This is like, you know, uh, we had both the weather report and the inflation report with (laughs) you, Richard. This is amazing. Because I I don't feel like we've ever seen Richard nerd out so much. No, I was like, oh my God, Richard. It's like, wow. It's it's amazing. (laughs) Okay, Ryan. I try my best. So what I was going to say, but people, it seems like people were pleasantly surprised today saying that we had a soft landing. Uh, which is which is great. I mean, it's a good feeling considering the doom and gloom that's been happening. But I can't see. I mean, like the, the prices. Like, do you think people are going to play it safe because they're going to be worried? It's still like a bit unstable. Recession. So, well, a couple things here. Uh, I won't use the R word right away, but I also won't say that this is the soft landing. I I would say that I think we're a little we're a couple months away from what will be a soft landing. Um. And I think we're going to have to wait to see a couple more things. We have two. We have one more report. So how this? I feel like I, I feel like I'm the explainer in chief today. So how we determine? Like how, <laughs> I'll try my best. I'll do it quickly. So how inflation is determined is the Labor Department uses the formula. I'll, I can explain to you the formula, but I don't have time for that. Um, there's one more report that comes out before the Federal Reserve will meet again. Um, and so we'll have to see what that report says. If that report shows another downtick, then I think you might see the Fed not raise rates as much as they're currently raising them, which will be a good sign that we're much closer to a soft landing. We might avoid a recession. But, I mean, but don't get me wrong. I think there could still be some pain in the market. You're going to see some pain at the pump. Yeah. You're going to see some pain at the grocery stores. But it's it's moving in the right Good. direction. So I don't want to tell anybody it's feeling better because they're not feeling it in the wrong. As long as yet. stocks are up, then people won't be freezing the hiring. Like it, it makes me feel good about that. Well, that and that's what I was. So, yeah. That's what I was like. Three top things we should be looking for while we're watching this. Three top things, super quickly. The three top things you should be looking for is you should be watching the price of fuel, and you should also be watching the price of basic things: eggs, milk, cheese, chicken. Beautiful. All right. So if you're a vegan, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Richard Fowler, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you for breaking all this down. Uh, Richard Fowler, once again, is a Forbes and Fox News contributor and, of course, economics expert. Thanks for being here. Good to be with you, Bill. <laughs> Next up, why this guy's tweets about his date went viral after this. Oh, my God. That was so attractive. Like, he was like such a nerd mm. right there. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, we love dates that go viral on social media. You know, someone has an awkward date, they share it with all of us, and we get to cringe on the sidelines. Well, this gay man in Manchester, England, shared something that had happened to him on a date, and this guy that didn't want to see him again. He posted the message he received from the man he went on a date with on Twitter, and people had a lot to say about it. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts. Why? Because I'm the gay? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He posted... Uh, the picture of this text he got from the guy that he went on a date with saying, uh-huh. hey, man, sorry for not messaging until now. I enjoyed our date last week. But when you said the phrase, put my thinking cap on, it kind of made me the ick. Oh, my God. This so, is so I mean. wasn't really interested in pursuing things. Also, <laughs> wait, then he adds. Also, do you know of any like soul funk hip hop disco kind of vibes? DJ in Manchester. Oh, the tweet has gotten you know so much attention. Seventy two thousand <laughs> likes and hundreds of comments. No shade. This is totally me. I would I would be like totally uninterested um, by someone if. Not just like this saying in particular, but like, you know, like speaking of, there was a guy that came to my birthday party who I was kind of like interested in. We were talking for a while and he showed up in the most ridiculous outfit I've ever seen in my entire life. And when I tell you, it, you could literally visibly see me um, smile and completely lose interest. And then Shira had an interaction with him that oh. also made me like, yeah. no, thank you. So, but yeah. I was being told, well, don't just cut him off because his outfit sucks. That's true. No, if your outfit sucks, that's your first impression. You know, what? I will literally give it, never give speak to you again. I have to say, I'm I don't not, know if my boyfriend's no, I listening. To him since. I, I don't know if my boyfriend's listening, but it's not like I saw my boyfriend. I was like, oh, he's like dresses really well. Yeah, I fell in love with his personality. And then I was like, oh, you're well, really I mean, cute. You then, have your moments of dressing really well, but that's not like top of your list. Me? I said my boyfriend. I know, but when you're look, if you're not looking, if you if that wasn't on the top of your list for Chris, yeah, I guess. that's not really on the top of your list right, for, for you. Me, yeah. Although I would love to be more fashionable, it just like sometimes you've been doing it. It takes not so, today, takes, but you've been doing it. I liked my outfit today. Oh, you do? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt so wait, cute. In wait, it. <laughs> wait, can I, I haven't really gotten a full picture of it. Let me see it. Let me see. Uh, now, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> the skirt is cute. The skirt is cute. I'm going to take a picture and put it on an LGT show <laughs> story. You guys can see it. Anyway, besides the point, we went, here's the thing is that I feel like pick it, put my thinking cap on. Like, this is, 
why people Awful. are consistently single when it's they something nitpick you would say. things like this. It's exactly. literally something you would say. Well, you think that ick is, it icked me is better? What is, she, what is this person, a, a kid <laughs> in like high school? Yeah, it maybe this is me. a petty reason, but I also, I admire if someone knows immediately you got to let folks know. Don't play games. And if that was sitting on his mind, even though I just saw something, it's so funny that this story is happening because I just saw something that happened over on straight Twitter where this girl went on a um, date with a guy and she, the guy literally responded, like texted her randomly and was like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this for so long. I really enjoyed our date, but like, I can't believe that you finished your whole salad. Like, I just feel like the way that you eat, I, I think in the future, if we ever make this a thing, you'll be obese. And oh I like God. to work out. And the fact, I can't believe, like, on first date, you're supposed to have butterflies. You shouldn't even be able to finish your whole meal. This is what a girl how, said how, how about could, a guy? This is what a guy said right. to the girl. Gross. Yes. Get out of here. Literally. He would not have liked how I eat. <laughs> I the thing is with me is like I so don't have like strategy when I go on dates. Like of course like I'm aware. I'm like okay, eat like you know, eat with my mouth. Should I really try it? Try not to eat very loud. <laughs> well, thank you for being considerate to them and not us. <laughs> but then the problem is is a lot of times I'm busy and I'm working that I'm so hungry by the time the date happens that I'm just throwing it down. <laughs> so I guess you see it all. You like it or you don't like That's it. That's how she got her man, folks. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, but right now we've got a flyaway giveaway. Yes, a flyaway giveaway. I like that you rhymed it because Channel Q wants to fly you and a friend to Orlando to see Ben Platt at his biggest North American tour to date. Enter to win at wearechannelq.com for your chance to win a round-trip airfare for two. A two-night hotel stay and 200 big ones. Yes, a $200 gift card. And two VIP tickets to see Ben Platt in Orlando October 6th. Just head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to lose. Now, when? Of course, when? Duh, why would you, why would you enter Shoot. to lose? As, it's fun. I'm excited. I hope he comes here to LA, too. He is. He's going to the Hollywood Bowl. Amazing. I've said that because I'm going. Oh, where's my ticket? Can I be your plus one? No! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you've heard of gentrification, but what is heterification? More on that in 15 minutes. That sounds like a slur when you say it. Uh, then then uh, Kiki Palmer is speaking out about acne. More about what she's saying. Adult acne. It's a different battle to face than just regular All acne. Right. Well, let's talk more about it. And it's here for in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. You know, stigma towards the LGBTQ community in India is reportedly driving cases of monkeypox underground because some are refusing to get tested because of concerns about being outed as gay. Two months before India officially reported its cases of monkeypox, its first cases, the Hindustan Times has reported that Mumbai uh, Gilada suggested two of his patients a gay man and a bisexual man get tested, both refused. Oh my God, can we please talk about this? Because as soon as I got my monkeypox shot, I was think I was literally waiting in the line being like, how is this process not outing someone? Because it's, it is, it, it literally, I mean, the details is you have to fit a certain mode to go. And so if in places where it is illegal to be queer or harmful to be queer or death by queer, this is like, this is a nightmare. This is literally a nightmare. And you wouldn't want to go do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that's definitely important to bring up in terms of how they're dealing with this, right? 
Well, this doctor said he's seen patients who don't want to be reported, and so they're going underground. Definitely something we should talk more about in terms of, like, even in the U.S., are they thinking about this type of stuff? Next up, a judge declared a mistrial today after jurors said they couldn't reach a verdict in a dispute over whether two engineering firms should bear some responsibility for Flint's lead-contaminated water. Uh, So these two companies were accused of not doing enough to get Flint to treat the highly corrosive water or to urge a return to a regional water supplier. During closing arguments, attorneys for four children argued that uh, Veolia North America should be held 50% responsible for lead contamination and that LAN, the other company, should be held 25% responsible, responsible with public officials making up the balance. I mean, something needs to be done. The fact that you're like, mm, not sure who should be held responsible. I mean, it's their pipes. Do something about it. It's their pipes. <laughs> Next up, the Democrat uh, Beto O'Rourke was describing the weapon used in Maisie Valdi's school massacre when he was interrupted by uh, some sort of Greg Abbott supporter who was heckling him. Here's his response. I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s hundreds of rounds of ammunition and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, mother but it's not funny to me, okay? Yep, say it. He loves a moment and I love it for him, you know? He's a a winner. He's a real winner. He's not really a winner because he lost, but he's a winner in my book. It's a, is that good enough? I think it's, you know. Yes, I, I want him. That's what's he, important. He's doing he is, He's the energy we need from our politicians. Totally. It'll happen. Keep going. All right, that was What's Trending This Hour. <laughs> what's happening in entertainment news? Okay, well, <laughs> Kiki Palmer, because she already um, revealed who it was, um, is basically getting very candid about her adult acne. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Yeah, so, you know, Kiki's always been very outspoken about her skin struggles. Um, the Nope star posted a candid makeup-free Instagram video sharing the current state of her complexion and asking why doctors yet manage to cure adult acne. And honestly, it's kind of hilarious, so here's the moment. Good morning, y'all. I was just thinking about the fact that plastic surgeons are amazing, okay? They can give you a boob job above the muscle, under the muscle, liposuction, tummy tuck, BBL. They can even implant muscles. I mean, the list goes on, but they cannot figure out how to clear up somebody's skin. Are you kidding me? All of these years and all of these adventures, you can't figure out how to take the beautiful skin from my ass and put it on my face? (laughs) I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. People with, out here with adult acne are struggling, and you ain't figured out that cure? I'm done. <laughs> I mean, she's, uh, she's an icon. Yeah, she's the moment. I love great. her so much. And it's so real. It's it's a real thing, and I think we have to talk about it. She, back in 2020, actually revealed that she had been diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, which often causes acne as well as facial hair. And she's talked about mm-hmm. it a lot. Uh, she said that her skin was so bad that people in my field offered to pay for me to get it fixed. Aww. I tried everything. We love you, Kiki Palmer. 
That's your T report. I mean, she's gorgeous. Who cares? Yeah, but it hurts. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like having acne is not a comfortable thing. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. I, I hope love she... popping it. <laughs> Me too, actually. Yeah, exactly. Next up, what is heterification and how it's impacting gay communities next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Are bachelorettes ruining safe spaces for the LGBTQ community? It's, Quick answer is yes. Yeah, it seems like it according to many people, including researchers. Maybe Now that the actual uh, studies are there, joining us right now are one of those researchers, Dr. Vincent Jones II, Assistant Professor of Community Health and Director of the Health Promotion Center at York College. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Yeah, so how does this relate to your research? How did you even start studying this? Well, you know, it... The best research comes from personal experience. So we started studying this research after experiences of having gone to queer spaces and having them disrupted by the bachelorette parties. So um, it happened in Provincetown. It happened in San Francisco. It's happened in New York City. And that that made us realize that perhaps this is like a widespread phenomenon that that requires our attention. Yeah, you described this as heterification. What does that mean? Well, heterification, like gentrification, is when one group feels entitled to take over the space of another group. In this case, heterosexual people taking over a queer space. So heterification is not just an appropriation of space, however, but also of culture. It's fittingly a combination of the words gentrification and heterosexual. Okay, so do you think this is, uh, well, obviously it's a trend, but uh, what are you now seeing from your uh, data? Like, how did you even compile this data? Ah, well, you know, this, this happened in the form of a research study in Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is a gay mecca. And bachelorette partiers were observed and interviewed from June to July 2019. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, many things in common. They were all college-educated well-off and almost exclusively white. And they came to have a good time before their big days, and things typically started off fine, but then slowly devolved, um, yes, throughout the night. Right, and I think what's interesting is Provincetown, like any, like P-Town is what it's called, like what the queers call it, right? Um, Exactly. P-Town, like WeHo, I think you see this happen in so many other places. What how I guess how are people are queer folks responding to this you know to this kind of heterification? Well, okay. Research on straight women in gay spaces indicate that their presence does not always disturb the queerness of the space, but often the hyper hetero bachelorette parties can pollute these spaces in ways that feel toxic to the many of the LGBTQ patrons. And when this happens. Queer consumers often enact a symbolic boundary between who belongs in this space and who does not. Okay, so what do we do? We know this. Now I'm happy that you actually have shown this, but what do we do about it? Well, first and foremost, we need to work to address the underlying drivers of heterification, such as half-capitalism, hegemony, and toxic masculinity. So women feel unsafe in venues that are designed for heterosexual people, and that's the problem. Mm. While addressing the root causes in the interim, we should also focus on making straight venues safer for bachelorette parties and women in general, and also making a concerted effort to orient people who may wish to heterify or commandeer queer venues on how to do so in the most respectful way possible. 
And this could include petrifiers keeping their hands to themselves, um, having fun, but also making the LGBTQ people there feel not feel exoticized and being mindful of how they are truly perceived in the space and if this is actually the best venue for their event to begin with. Well, all right. This is quite interesting. And I, I love that we have the data to back this up, um, especially because it's been a feeling that's been really talked about, um, I mean, in well, such big ways in these spaces. What do you think about, you know, and venues have done this where they say no bachelorette parties. What do I think about? Well, you know, I think it happens on a case by case basis. I would imagine that these particular venues have felt the the crippling effects of petrification and realized how it's changing the culture and the dynamics of these spaces that were for which they were not designed. So um, I, I could I could definitely see that happening and, and why it's happening. And now we have a word for this. We have petrification and petrifiers who are causing disruptions to the culture and to the safe space. Yeah. It's disabling these spaces as safe spaces for the LGBTQ there, plus community. It's so community. funny. I'm actually sitting across from a petrifier right now. Like, What's so. the difference between an ally and a petrifier? What's the difference between... <laughs> I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the show today. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Dr. Vincent Jones, the second assistant professor of community health and director of the Health Promotion Center at York College. Thanks again. All right. So want to make sure a job is LGBTQ plus friendly before applying? Well, guess what? We're talking about what to look out for in job listing up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, a job search can really be stressful, um, especially if you are a queer or trans person just trying to make sure the companies you're interested in are LGBTQ plus friendly. I just think we got to talk about this because, to be honest, in all of my job searches, that was never really anything that, like, I thought about. Like, that was the last... I felt like I was more so thinking about, like, coming into the space (laughs) as a black person. I I was... uh I was about to say that. Like, I think that for me... That was something that was more at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, just because I think oftentimes when people read my resumes, they hear, they they see Ryan Anthony Mitchell, they're thinking some prep school white boys coming in, you know? And so for me, I think it was, I visibly remember going on interviews and seeing folks' faces when they thought that they were expecting someone else. And so my queerness always was an asset for me. Also being in LA. Yeah, right? But even in I'm um, even when I was uh serving at Dave and Buster's and like um that was always an asset for me. You would get like those one off tables, like I got a table that was like crazy that called me like oh. the F word and like was really intense about it. But like I, I that was really always my my queerness has always been an asset for you me. You know why? Because girls wanna be your best friend and guys don't feel intimidated by you. Well, depending on if they're homophobic. Of course, this cut those people up. You know what I mean? But like meaning, like, exactly. Anyway, that that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, do you think it's different now because there's just more of an awareness of all of this and the fact that, you know, you could be in a big city like L.A. and there's still sketchy stuff happening? Well, I mean, to be honest, I feel like we should ask Producer Shelby because she's the most recently out of the job market. Oh, yeah. So, Producer Shelby, when you were looking for this job, obviously Channel Q were very happy to find, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what were you kind of looking for? Were you looking for a space that was queer-friendly? 
It's. I feel like it depends on the industry you're looking into mm, because yeah. I was looking strictly entertainment industry and I just defaulted to assume that everyone would be queer friendly in the entertainment yeah. industry, um, which I don't know if that's a right thing to assume, but uh, I feel like it's a little different for me as opposed to someone who's going into like business or like marketing. Construction. Or, yeah, like... Yeah. Um, I would. Oh my god! There's this hot guy on TikTok <laughs> who was a construction guy, and like everyone was shocked that he was like gay. But he like is like, oh yeah, when there's my my coworkers when they find out I'm gay, and it's just like a whole thing. He's hot though. I don't know his name, but he's cute. <laughs> Y'all shouldn't have said construction. I, I don't know why I just threw that out there. <laughs> but I think that is interesting though, because I mean, I, there are some people that who live outside of smaller town. Like if I was back in Nashville, I would probably cons- think about it. From the queer angle as well, like how mm-hmm. should I present? Yeah, yeah. how totally. should I? Yeah, like I probably wouldn't Including be painting now? my ear, like my uh, my nails. Really? I wouldn't be wearing earrings. But if I was back at home, like maybe, that just wouldn't be a thing. Maybe for uh, my gender expression would most definitely be muted. Yeah, maybe for an interview, but then when you see the team and you kind of get a sense of things. I don't know because even even when you're thinking about conservative places like like Nashville, it, it is it is progressive in in a lot of ways. But it, I mean, it votes red. I mean, during COVID, like my mother was talking to me about how strict, cons- strict like conservative it really did get, and so I don't know. I feel like gender expression is very difficult unless you are working in a queer space, and so it's really interesting. Um, this uh, article on CNBC talks about kind of what you should be thinking about um, when it comes to finding companies that are queer friendly, and it, it says look into rankings. I guess many LGBTQ plus employees rank their current or previous employers using like websites like Glassdoor to share their work mm-hmm. experience, which is great. I mean, there are um, published like research that says best places to work for LGBTQ plus graduates. Um, uh, that's a report from Best Colleges, like a career resource hub. And then, of course, like check out the benefits, which is a huge thing. That is the More one that you s- That's like the loophole. Sometimes you see like the nuances that they're not thinking about. Yeah, because guess what? If you are a trans person that works in this space, like... You it may not cover certain things that you need, you know, a non-binary person that when you need, or when you, you ask, what do they look like when exactly. you ask, right? Are they like, uh, you know? Yeah, and also engage your network, of course. Like if you, you know, may want to get to know some people who may work at that space or find talk to your like queer, I mean, safe spaces and community. To ask them, or, yeah, DMC. Like on LinkedIn, when you see people have worked somewhere or maybe are working somewhere and you know them, yeah. Ask them I mean, that, for yeah. me, I think. Queer queer community has always been kind of the place where I've noticed this is where people come to be like, oh, wait, where's the jobs? Like, do you have any, like, mentorship? And, like, where, who's the best place to work for? And, and I, I feel very privileged and lucky to, like, exist in such a... Honestly, I'd be forgetting straight people exist. <laughs> like Hi. it's it's it, it is wild because I you know that's that's well, so, so easy out of to the be norm. like. There's so many great communities that you're part of that yeah. you could just be surrounded by like-minded and and people as well. I think that that's interesting. I think whenever you're part of either a minority group or a group that's been underrepresented, possibly yeah. or marginalized, like there's a lot of camaraderie. Most and so you definitely. have obviously the gay community, you have the black community, you have the black gay community. <laughs> like yeah. there's a, that's they it's will so people will help each other. I've, I have the female community, um, but I am in some really amazing like uh, text groups. Yeah, with like high level people, and you literally will throw in a question like, yeah, it could be about a job mm. or something, someone you're looking to get introduced to, yeah. and people will be like, yeah, here I know the executive. Ma- let me make an intro. It's like what? crazy. And I mean, the the crazy thing is, I think. 
I've found been lucky to be, be able to find like a black queer community where we are we have that camaraderie. But oftentimes, you know, because of the way that the uh, you know you know the structures have been set up and systemically, a lot of times marginalized groups sometimes feel like they can only be the only person in the room because of like if they make it into the table or they make it to totally. the room, it's like we don't have time to let you know have put the ladder down and let other folks climb in and yeah. I think that's really changing well they, I think well, they are take my shine convers- yeah, yeah. Like, well, and I think yeah. people are having more conversations about that totally. and being open and also being more open about uh, money how much you get paid like, that's I, the main that's, thing that's the beautiful thing about the my my community specifically we are, we are not afraid to talk about money um, but also to wrap this up is I think you also can't be afraid to ask the questions did you ask Brian any questions around queerness like besides like were, were we Brian are you friendly? really gay <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned in my cover letter that I was queer because it wasn't only this job that I applied to like I applied to other stations oh, oh um, tell us no no other Queer station? <laughs> no, just like within yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I, I mentioned that I was queer, and in my interview, he said to me, just so you know, because you're queer, you're, like that doesn't give you the upper hand with getting this job. So yeah, um, understood. But then when I met y'all for the first time, he was like, "Let him know you're queer," and I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> well, I have a question. Why did you put it on your cover letter? I'm surprised you even people still even do cover letters. They made you had to yeah. when you applied for whatever. Really? Yeah, through a site. They still yeah. ask. For it that? wasn't like a formal letter. It was just like a little text box where it's oh, like right. Okay, okay. Yeah, but um, wow. Yeah, I put it there because it is a queer station, and yeah. I figured it would give me an upper hand. But according to Brian, it didn't. So. <laughs> but I'm here. So you made it. All right. Well, let us know what your thoughts are at LGT Show everywhere on social media. And uh, what's coming up next? Uh, my we uh, are yes. talking Producer about. Shelby. Exactly what Ryan just mentioned, telling people your salaries, having that conversation, knowing your friend doesn't make enough money. Oh, let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q. Okay. What if you found out that someone who just got hired was being paid more than some of your colleagues? Do I know? Would you let your colleagues know or would you just, uh, you know, do your own thing? (sighs) This is something that was brought up. We're going to give a shout out to slate.com. Uh, someone wrote in with this question. Wait, this is actually a really good question because my question is, do you know them? Like, if they're freshly new, do you know them or do you not know them? No, they. this person said, I found out that a new hire with, and they're a teacher. This is also a bit different because oh, they said- they're a teacher. Yeah, they said this person has zero teaching experiences, making $5,000 more than this amazing, dependable, brilliant teacher. She works extra jobs to supplement her pay so she can afford IVF treatments. I mean, this gets complicated. Well, I was, so, what do you do? Do you tell not her? her business? That's not that's not her problem. Just because she got paid more, I know. But you're, it's like it's more the idea like, hey, I did find out you're a great teacher. Like, stay here, but just know that like there are jobs out there that might pay more, and you're not getting paid well yeah. here. Well, okay. So I have been in spaces where I've had I've had a colleague tell me what other folks were making. And it was very eye-opening because it really does show you when a co- what a company values or who a company values or the demographic a company values. And I think that's super interesting. Um, but I wonder, and this is to everyone, I wonder, does it matter, how, like... Do you need to do you need to tell someone immediately? Like if you don't know them, what if you don't know them? Like you have no connection to them, you have no loyalty to them, like you're just like, that's just my colleague. Do I need to tell them that? I think that yeah, it could be tricky. I think if you do have a relationship with them, yes. it's like you should. I think if you 
don't it's like how do you bring how do you bring it up yeah. like there's also boundaries you know and how do you know what they're making like so obviously this person might know maybe at any rate i i do think it's one of those things that you, you need to figure out whether it will cause more harm than you know or do good because including if someone's pregnant it might be a bit stressful to find this out but they should know someone should well, know the because next should give them the tools to like step up and I be agree. like i'm pregnant I, I gotta do what i need to do because i got a baby well here's life. the thing i think there's a way to do it uh where you're encouraging them to maybe like okay so it's obvious that they have the money and they're doing this like maybe have you not reached out for a promotion recently have you not asked and you'd be surprised how many people don't do these things and that just need some prodding and support to yeah. have that conversation mm-hmm. anyway so there you go. This is happening to you because I'm sure it's happening. That's why they always say jump jobs and you'll get more of a pay hike. And then you could even come back and get paid more. Yeah. <laughs> if you really wanted to do that. that. It's still so complicated. It though. is. It is a complicated thing. Because it, it, it also, I think a lot of times what that shows you, like I said, like, I think that hurts sometimes to anyone when they find out like, oh, I've, I put so much effort and hard work and to this like job and the fact that now I'm like finding out this information that makes you sometimes even less want to like like fight for it because it's like they've already made yep. up their mind about you you know yeah. what I mean well I, I think the first thing to do is definitely that could be the case but at the very least you could try try right try get your money honey yeah try exactly it. this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 